Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? Uh, it's rolling great. Uh, you hate when I say this, but I'm going to say it. It's the third straight one we're doing. I had I had dinner. Uh, we're recording this at 945. Uh, the last episode at 938. I had dinner between 938 and 945. Somehow. So I'm doing I'm doing great. All right, we're here to discuss the uh, 20th ranked, tied with Washington for the 20th ranked Steelers. Mm -hmm. And we have uh, two guests with us, Sean and Cade McCavney, either a great coincidence or they're brothers. They're not related. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Guys, let me ask you, here's my opening question. I have two concerns with Pickett. You're off your first round Pickett quarterback. The first one is the classic when there's no good quarterback in a draft. It's like EJ Manuel. Sometimes sort of the, the top guy gets overdrafted wow. because he's the best going quarterback hard in a week. Because he's the best quarterback in a weak class week class. And then the second concern I have, especially when it's a local guy. So I can say from Minnesota, this is always a problem with all the Minnesota teams. Like the Timberwolves have employed more Minnesota players than any other team in the NBA. Same with the Vikings in the NFL, the twins in baseball. And maybe it's, oh, because we're local. So we scout better around here. We know them or it's just no, because we're homers. And so we're a little bit blinded. And, you know, we put our thumb on the scale for the local guy. And sometimes it works out. You know, when the twins took Joe Maurer over Mark Pryor, I was really pissed. I'm like, oh, you're just taking place from Minnesota. And then Mark Pryor was out of baseball five years later and Joe Maurer might be a Hall of Famer. So sometimes it works out. But like those are like the double concerns I have. Like, A, he's a local guy. And I think that's a negative, not a positive, because it means you might have put your thumb on the scale for him. And B, he was the only quarterback taken in the top two rounds. And so maybe he's sort of got elevated because there was nobody else. So tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, so I actually go to Pitt too. I was a freshman at Pitt last year. So mm-hmm. um, it was actually my first time getting to watch Kenny, um, which was a season to watch too, because it's the year he went off. But pretty much by like week two, the first time I watched him, I was like, this guy looks like an NFL quarterback. Like I was remember texting my dad and brother like this. I feel like this is the guy that could be good for the Steelers. And why isn't more, why aren't more people talking about him? And then obviously as the weeks went on and he got a lot more hype and, you know, in the Heisman race and stuff. So I liked him from the beginning. Um, and I feel like we quarterback class, like, I feel like if you like a guy, you like a guy, like I'm like the Steelers tried um, trading up with like the Texans at 15 and the Lions at 12. And they obviously like wanted him bad enough to take him in the top 10. And we talked about that too. Like, why is this guy not a top 10 pick? I know there was really, I think the main thing with him was like, there's nothing like super flashy about his game. There's no like huge strong arm or like crazy athleticism. Like some of those other guys that go in the top five, he's just kind of like solid everywhere. So maybe that 
scared people away, but pretty much for us, it, we didn't think anything like that. I know the whole season we were talking about like, why isn't he a top 10 pick and the Steelers thought that way too. And I, I don't think really being from Pitt affects it that much. If anything, I think they just got a closer look at him. And I know that they like, I think Tomlin had a quote, like we traveled all the way around the world and he ended up being next door. And I know they did a lot of research on those other guys th- through the season. And I'm, I'm really excited for Kenny. I was happy with the pick. I'm trying to be unbiased as a Pitt student, but. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's an unbelievable wheelhouse. You're a Pitt student and a Steelers fan. So you have yeah. you have this guy become your I mean, I guess he was you were only there one. You you were in high school, I guess, when he started. Right. But uh, yeah, still, it's pretty that's pretty impressive. And it's also, you know, Alex is saying, oh, well, he's the only he's the only QB picked in the in the first two rounds. But like the Steelers only can pick him when they have a selection. Right. And yeah, uh, Pittsburgh takes pick it 20th overall. But it's not like I mean, they might have taken him 10th. Right. They just happen to have the 20th pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the meantime, does it matter? Because in the second round, they they pick the best player in NFL history. Yeah, <laughs> that's what the media is saying. No, I I totally think George Pickens is like a legitimate first round guy that you got in the second round because that ACL tear. And there was like ten receivers before him, and I think that that's totally going to be a talking point in the future. Like these ten guys went before him, mm-hmm. and he fell to the second. Like I I think if it weren't for that ACL, he totally is a first round guy. And that, yeah, that totally makes it worth it. So I was against Pickens in a in a Jets group chat. I we were ranking the receivers because we knew the Jets were going to take one. And the truth is, I was down on a lot of the receivers because my sort of overarching philosophy was like, well, Smith and Jigba was like much better than Olave and Wilson. And these guys are like top 12, 12 picks. And it's like, well, guess who else was better than those guys like Jamison Williams, the other you know top uh, receiver literally couldn't even play he had the transfer schools because those so like now all these guys who are we know are like objectively not as good as smith and jigba at least in college and so it's like it's a little bit of a trickle down i do think it's a little bit hard the non-superstar like you see devonta smith it doesn't matter he goes alabama you know he's a superstar sometimes the non-superstar alabama and georgia guys like or or whoever the team du jour in the sec is besides alabama that year lsu or whoever it's hard to judge because like they're playing against eight other NFL players and, you know, they're playing Vanderbilt or they're playing Mississippi state. Like, so it is hard. So I didn't believe in Pickens, but uh, it already looks like I'm wrong, which is fine. It, it was, it, it just like, it's, it was so hard to judge. Like you had so little to go on. It was risky, but you also have the Steelers track record receivers, right? Which is, yeah. you know, unmatched. And, and it's upsetting, even though like, I don't hate the Steelers. It's just upsetting that like, why are they so good at this? Do you have a, yeah. a, a theory? Like, how are they so good at always picking receivers and nobody else seems to have the skill? I mean, Bill Belichick, greatest coach of all time, is objectively horrible at it. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I know. It didn't matter who they took. If he's a receiver, he's going to be good. Yeah, he did, he's going to have to come in and be the number one guy. When you have Deontay at the X, Claypool's kind of been working the slot um, in training camp so far when he's taking the reps and then Pickens mm-hmm. at the Z. Um, and I think it's just easy for him to come. Like, you have so many weapons and it's really pick your poison and Pickens can, you know, win those one-on-one matchups. And yeah, it's crazy how they do that every year. It's like, seriously, it's like if, if he's a receiver and the Steelers draft him, it's probably going to be good. So um, it's been fun watching him in training camp for sure. He's totally been like the star. Have you seen anything from Trubisky or even if you want to say Rudolph, who you've seen before, like, is there, I mean, because Pickett's not starting week one, right? Have you seen anything from Trubisky? It's like, hey, he's not so bad. Or, or is it like, I can't wait for Pickett to get in there. No, we like Mitch. He was kind of like my guy I preferred in free agency when we were signing, when we knew we were probably going to sign a veteran quarterback. Like he's the guy I wanted because I feel like obviously that situation in Chicago, like with Nagy, it was, it was not a good place for him to succeed as a young guy. 
And the Steelers really are like the perfect place for that quarterback to come in when you have an established coach, weapons on offense, good defense, and really looked sharp that first week against Seattle. Like I was hyped watching him that first drive. And we, both of us don't want Kenny to play like at all. Like we want him to just relax, learn the offense, let the line, young line build chemistry while he's not playing. And I feel like it's pretty beneficial. Like when you have like Mahomes and Rogers and even like Trey Lance last year, when you mm. let them sit a well, year. Well, we don't know if the Lance one worked out, but the other ones. You don't know points. yet. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know yet. But I think it's, it is beneficial for them to just sit. So I personally don't want to see him early, at least. Just let them sit. Mm-hmm. No, I think I think there's something to it. As you mentioned, there's lots of great, great players who have uh, sat at the at the beginning of their career. And it, it sort of swung. When I was a kid, it was very rare for a QB to play from day one. Steve McNair basically sits for two years uh, and he, you know, he's division two at the time uh, or one double A. It was with that Alcorn State. So but there was, you know, it was never assumed that a, that a rookie quarterback would play. And then it swung the other way. Right. Where it's like we're picking the media, these mediocre like Sam Darnold. All right. He's automatically like day one starter. We're not even we're going to have like a crappy backup just so he like, you know, wins the job outright. Uh, and now maybe it swung the other way. Where It's like, huh? well, some of these guys are projects. And, you know, the Andrew Lux, like the super prospects of Trevor Lawrence should start. But. Not everyone has to start, uh, you know, game one, week one. It's probably ultimately worse because and I'm sure you're saying the same thing. Like Cubs in week one, he's in over his head. The line, and we'll talk about it in a second, might not be there yet. And, and it, you know, it could teach you bad habits. You never unlearn the, uh, the you know, Derek Carr sort of thing. David Carr. The seeing ghosts with yeah. uh, Sam Darnold, I think, exactly. is a, a good example. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, with uh, with Mitch, it was actually to me in the first preseason game pretty shocking his first pass downfield like Ben the last two years has just been dink and dunk you know a hundred percent of the time Mm -hmm. so I kind of think whoever we got was going to be an upgrade Um, you know Mitch had a couple nice scrambles that were kind of vintage Ben and you know it was just really refreshing to see and with a O-line that's going to be working to develop chemistry throughout the year to have Mitch be back there who's or Kenny, I guess. But, you know, to have a guy back there who's able to extend the plays is going to be a pretty big deal. The other thing I'll add with Mitch is I think he's going to jive pretty well with Matt Canada, our offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last couple of years with Ben, you know, I'd say he probably called Ben probably called 75% of the plays, you know, whether it was in no huddle or just, you know, his fingerprints were all over the offense. I think what you're going to see with Matt Canada is a lot more pre-snap window dressing under center play action um you know moving the pocket and i think that's going to help an o-line that's going to struggle in the first half of the year and that's something that we were missing the last couple years with ben who just wanted to be you know back in shotgun get rid of the ball quick no motion um you know so i think mitch is going to be a pretty significant upgrade that a lot of people don't realize just given the -hmm. system that he's going to be playing in this year Trubisky's played uh, 50 games. He started 50 games. Do you know his record in those 50 games? You want to guess? He's like 26 and 20, something like that. It's like 29 and 21. He's 29 and 21. That's not bad. It's not, you know, he hasn't been playing on like, yeah, I mean, those, some of those Bears teams were not great. Like, that's actually pretty impressive. Um, Never thrown a pick six. You know, he's like a pretty safe passer from mm -hmm. from what I could tell. Yeah. It's a better record than Deshaun Watson's career record. So. And he was like kind of raw when he got drafted. So it's like makes sense. Like maybe he's still getting better. You know, he's not old. He's he's a little bit of like, all right, he washed out. And, you know, it's already his third third job. But like he's um, he's he, there in theory, 
Like, I think he'll be in the league for another 10 years. I'm not saying he's going to be a star yeah. or even a starter, but like, I do think he'll be around for a long time. Um, I mean, I think he's going to get a massive contract after the Steelers. We're really? just loaded with weapons right now. I, I think oh, you mean if he plays well. this year, he'll buy himself a contract. Right, sure. exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Because I think, you know, you have Najee, you have, and I, I'm really up on our receivers, obviously, like you and Kate were just talking about. And I think Mitch is going to cash in on that. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm pretty hopeful for him. Yeah, the receiver room is great. Uh, you know, maybe last year was a little bit of a down year, but no surprise. So you have Deontay Johnson, very good. Pickens, people are already putting in Canton. Uh, Chase Claypool, so his first year is great. He has a weird uh, sort of shady second year. You guys can tell me about that, but it almost doesn't matter. Like, of course it matters, but you draft Calvin Austin the third, and, the, and, you know, you have Miles Boyd, and, like, there are already people behind him who, you know, as a third receiver, probably, like, if, if you know, who knows, maybe Claypool's the next Juju, and he, like, works his way out of town the next year or two, but what, what are you seeing from Chase and the receiver room as a whole? So Chase, this training camp, they've actually been working him in the slot a lot, which will be a lot different than the past. Um, I think he's going to benefit from having Pickens out there. Obviously, Deontay's motivated, and as long as he can stay healthy, uh, you know, I think it's going to open it up for everyone. And, you know, I think everyone kind of knows that Chase's um, issue is more mental and his focus. Uh he has just so many spectacular almost catches where, you know, he's making these crazy athletic movements, but not really hauling him in. Um, you know, I think if he has just, you know, one-on-one -on -one coverage with some of these smaller slot corners, a lot of those almost catches are going to be um, actual catches. And so you might see a bounce back year from him. Um, you know, he's been injured the last couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure what his status is going to be week one, but you know, I, I think he's, in a good position the way they've been working him to um you know get back on track the way he was his rookie year so then if the receivers are great if Najee I don't love Najee maybe as much as the average Steelers fan does but he's certainly you know he's fine um he, I, he might be very good he might be just good yeah I'm, I'm not knocking him just I don't know if he's a star yet um the and and you're even high on Mitch I think the real issue and I don't think anyone will, will disagree is the is the offensive line what is the status of the offensive line right now? And who are you most, what, like what spot are you most nervous about? Yeah, I think the O-line, there's a lot of uncertainty, but I, I think it'll definitely be better than last year. Um, like the main story of the offseason was we signed uh, James Daniels from Chicago, mm -hmm. who's like, I think like borderline like star guard. Um, and he's like super young too. We're getting him for 8 million a year, which is like, I feel like you tend to overpay sometimes when you're, really in a position of need when your O-line is really bad, but I think 8 million was a good price for him. Um, Mason Cole, we signed from the Vikings. Um, like last year we started rookie Kendrick Green at center and literally all I wanted them to do this off season was get someone who could snap the ball. Cause like you were holding your breath with literally every snap. Um, so I think once they kind of get some chemistry going together, you have Cole at center, James Daniels will probably solidify right guard. Our tackles are both young. Um, Dan Moore coming off his rookie year. He grew a lot last year, um, kind of progressed a lot through the season. Started off a little rocky, but finished kind of strong. Um, so I don't think they'll be terrible, but it's definitely the most like uncertain group. If I had to pick like a weakness on the team, it would probably be O-line. But it also helps too with, with like we said, the, mo the mobility of Trubisky and, and Pickett compared to Ben, who's just a statue last year. I think that really will help them a lot and help Najee a lot. Um, so not terrible, but I think I think there's there's room for them to be good. Okay. 
Mm. So, yeah. right, so the ceiling is like not not to be like the anchor of the team and to be average, slightly below average, maybe slightly above if you get lucky. Yeah, I think you're going to have to really scheme around them. Um, I think at best they're going to be an average offensive line and you hope your athletes on the outside can uh, compensate for that. I, I was just going to add really quick to we have a new offensive line coach from last year. Um, and from what I've been reading in the offseason, he's been kind of preaching much more aggressive sets by the offensive line, which makes me think they're going to kind of prioritize the quick passing and screen game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't really have a take on whether that's the right way to go or not, yeah. but it's going to be different. Well, and Alex points out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alex points out that um, that the Steelers were fourth in pass attempts last year and 28th in rushing attempts, which is not really your grandma Steelers team, not the grandma that beat the Steelers guys in pickleball, but just any grandma. The so do you think that's going to change this year? I mean, you have a workhorse running back for sure. So Najee, I think, is the type of guy you could give the ball to 22 times a game. They didn't run a lot. Part of that was because they were in close games. They weren't blowing anybody out or getting blown out uh, really much last year. They were playing as bad as close games as anybody in the league. So do you think this will be a team that runs the ball? I mean, nobody runs it a lot, you know, half the time anymore. But is this going to be a pass dominant team compared to the rest of the league this year? I think it's going to be a lot more balanced. And I think a big reason for that is that Ben's not going to be back there, um, you know, Ben had such control when he was in no huddle, which we really had to resort to when the offense wasn't clicking. And, you know, he loved his short passes. He loved pulling, um, you know, and throwing on the RPOs and getting the ball out quick. So I think when you have someone like Mitch or Kenny, whoever's going to end up playing quarterback, I think you're going to end up sticking with the main play call. And if, you know, Matt Canada ends up calling a run, it's going to be a run. Whereas I think what happened last year is Canada – you know, is calling run plays with the intention of running the ball and Ben is pulling it and giving, you know, quick little throws to the outside. So a lot of those pass attempts, you know, are pseudo runs, you know, you're just trying to get the ball outside. It's, you know, even throwing it behind the line of scrimmage a lot of the time. Um, but I think this year you're going to see a lot more game planning and scheme to get the ball in Najee's hand with, you know, design run plays and situational football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, I mean, Najee, he, I mean, he's a competent pass catcher, right? I don't think that's his strength, but he, I, I, he, he would tell you he's, you know, the next Le'Veon Bell and he should right. line up outside. He takes a lot of offense when people yes. say he doesn't have hands, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, he, he's fine. You know, he's I, I think, you know, Najee's just a dependable guy. I, I agree with you that, you know, he's he's not Derek Henry back there that's going to bulldoze all game long. Um, you know, and he's not a little scat back that's going to take it to the house, but he's competent at kind of everything. Yeah, you know, pass protection. Uh, you know, he can play every down. So, um, you know, I, I agree that he's he's serviceable and he's above average, and that's that's fine for this offense and for this team if you want to make a playoff run. So we do something called the coach confidence ring. It's probably more interesting for the other thirty-one teams, and you have you know the most, or or maybe you know you you guys are basically with New England, Baltimore guys were there basically as long as they want. Um. But I but, you know, you look and Alex points this out. They haven't won a playoff game in six years. There's two guys left on the team. The kicker, who used to be bad and somehow now is very good, Boswell and Cam Hayward, who's 33. They're the only guys left from the last time the Steelers won a playoff game. Um, So it's it's, you know, a, a little bit of a new era in Pittsburgh. Is there any pr- I mean, obviously there's pressure, but like, is there is there any 
well, give me a number. One being your coaches, Adam Gates, team being 10 being Bill Belichick. Your confidence right now as we're starting the 2022 season in Mike Tomlin. Confidence in him being back next year? No, just, just confidence a, in him as your coach. Oh, in general. I, I'd give him a, you know, a six and a half to seven. You know, there, if you were, well, given what you've said, you know, here's my take on Tomlin. I think he's a pretty elite talent evaluator. He manages the team well. And I think that is um, hard to come by in the NFL. Uh, I think he's not, yeah, I, I think he's average at best in his analytics and, um, you know, schematic, uh, you know, football. But a lot of guys in the NFL are like that. And I think people tend to overrate their coaches and even the effect that coaches have on the game. And I think kind of maybe the most important thing a coach can do is just get you good guys and let the athletes make the plays. Um, so that's kind of my take on him. You know, if you hit right and you know the pieces come together, I think uh, – you know, he's, he's done a great job. I don't know who we would ever go to get, you know, to replace him outside of like a Sean Payton, you know, who's unemployed right now. But, um, you know, once he wins a playoff game, that, that confidence number bounces up. But at this mm -hmm. point, you know, as, as Tomlin would say himself, you know, the standard is the standard in Pittsburgh and, you know, the, the city expects Super Bowls. And if you go year, you know, it's been what, 12 years since they've been to a Super Bowl. Yeah. There's 11 year olds out there that don't realize the Steelers are, you know, a dynasty franchise. They've never been to, yeah, they've never and, been to a Super Bowl, 11 year old Steelers fans. Exactly. And, and you know, that really, um, you know, whether it's fair or not, that is how Tomlin is evaluated by the homers or, or the Yinzers in, in the city. And, uh, you know, every time we lose a game, you turn on the radio and it's like, Tomlin needs to be fired. Tomlin needs to be fired. You know, and, you know, Ben might not have been able to move that game or whatever the issue was. So I think he gets a lot of unfair criticism. Um, and I think his real strength as a coach is he just keeps getting these guys that are elite level athletes and elite level talent. And I think that always puts you in a position to win. I don't really like the narrative of, oh, he's never had a losing season. But, you know, you look at your team, Jets or the Vikings, like, it's better than nothing. Like, and it puts you in a position you can't win Super Bowls if you're losing season. So um, I'm confident in Tomlin. I'm definitely not a hater. I'm not a guy calling to have him fired. Um, and I'm not really sure who we would replace him with if, uh, you know, we wanted to go that direction. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move to the defense. So the state of the defense, I'd like a state of the defense address. You have Alex points out, you have uh, the D the DPOY last year, but still just the league average defense. Normally you don't see that. You have a guy whose year is that good, especially a pass rusher, maybe brings everybody up, but that's not really what happened last year in Pittsburgh. So what is the state of the Steelers defense? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about the defense this year. I think they're going to be even better than they were last year. And I think hopefully if our offense is more competent um, than last year and kind of keeps them off the field a little bit more this year when they're better, I think that'll help them a lot. But obviously you have TJ, you know, Cam Hayward, Minka, you have three all pros. Um, our, the big signing was Miles Jack. Um, recently Steelers linebackers have really struggled. Um, and miles Jack, I think is finally going to solidify that. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited and corners. We upgraded. I feel like we upgraded every single defensive position. Um, you know, we lost a Lou and to it to, uh, they didn't play last year. So you, you brought in Ogan Joby, a Lou's back. You got Levi Wallace at corner. Like I, I really think they improved everywhere. And I'm, I think they're going to be pretty dominant. And I'll, I'll add to, um, that uh, the loss of Tyson Aluwalu last year was like a lot bigger than people realized. He's just such a force in the middle of that uh, interior 
defensive line. And as soon as he left, the run defense was just, you know, it, it never recovered. So, um, you know, he's not an Aaron Donald, obviously, but he's enough where he takes some of the pressure off the backers and, you know, allows them to plug those holes a little better. And, you know, it, it's a game of inches. And, you know, sometimes that's all it takes. And so I know, you know, one guy isn't going to all of a sudden elevate the the defense, you know, to be number one in the league, but, you know, it might make a difference in a couple of games here and there. And that's all it takes, especially in a AFC where it's going to be a bloodbath and, you know, those yards matter. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I think, well, how about this? What's, what's the one point or position or player on the defense that, that, you know, keeps you up at night? What, what are you most nervous about defensively? Um, like I said, we brought in Miles Jack, so I think he's going to be good for us, but next to him, Devin Bush kind of scares me a little bit, um, which is unfortunate because, you know, his first year in the league, really excited for him, did pretty good. And ever since that ACL tear, he hasn't quite been the best And already, like in that first preseason game, uh, Devin Bush totally looked like a liability. So that kind of scares me, those middle linebackers outside of Miles Jack, um, Bush has been kind of rotating with Spillane. And then also... I wouldn't say our corners are like weak, but I think definitely compared to the rest of the positions on the defense, that's probably where we could improve. Um, but playing with that front seven and TJ and Cam and getting that pressure, I think helps the corners a lot and helps the secondary. But I'd probably say our DBs, our corners, um, hopefully will be bad this season. And not not really a position too, but what keeps me up at night on the defense is just their health. Like mm-hmm. every single one of those guys back there, has injury issues. And so, you know, if they stay healthy, I think they have potential to be dominant, but TJ just always has his hip and groin issues. Cam's had like a pec tear in the past, you know, Devin Bush, you know, is not, you know, even the strongest linebacker, but he's had his ACL miles. Jack's one of those, you know, thinner, more athletic, modern linebackers, you know, who knows how he's going to hold up throughout the season. You know, Minka's had his injuries. So, you know, the, the injuries pile up and um, you know, I think, the guys we have on the depth chart, you know, to, to start the season, it looks really good, but I don't have a lot of confidence that they're all going to make it through. Um, you know, we already lost stuff to it in the off season and, you know, not that he played last year, but you know, that's just kind of the way this defense has gone. We've had great guys. They just can't stay on the field. So um, I think that's kind of my main concern with them too. We also have a new defensive coordinator. So uh, I think there's going to be some communication issues and growing pains as they work into that system. Um, is a veteran but, defense, though. Yeah, I mean, they promote from within, so uh, I don't think there's going to be a ton of continuity mm-hmm. issues, but, you know, he's going to put his fingerprints on it, and, you know, you, you're playing Mahomes. You don't have a lot of time to think, you know, when he's moving down the field quick or Brady. So, um, mm-hmm. you know. All right, so let's, let's on that note, let's go to the schedule game, where this year you don't play Mahomes, but you do pay, play Tom Brady. Um, and let's go uh, uh, week by week and, and see what the two of you Think will happen, win or loss. You do have to both agree. If you don't, I will break the tiebreakers for you. Week one at Cincinnati. I'm going to say L here, only because we didn't really come close to the Bengals last year, so I don't think I can say with confidence yet that you would beat them. Let's say L. Um, I agree. Yeah, you agree? Uh, okay, so that's own uh, one and then the home opener is against the Patriots. Win. Hmm. I agree with that, too. Um, a short week, they go to Cleveland. Uh, I We have to assume there will almost certainly be no Deshaun Watson. You know, I don't think he can appeal that. We're not sure. But uh, right now, no Deshaun Watson. No Deshaun Watson, I think, win. Yeah, that's a win. 
two and one. And then the um, all right, New York part of the schedule, you host the Jets. Easy win. What are you saying? <laughs> what are you talking about? It was you're not worried Zach Wilson could come back by then. That could be his first game of the season. Maybe I. It, you should be yeah, worried what, what because is, you won Flacco. You probably rather play Wilson than Flacco. Uh, it'd be fun to play Flacco, but if if Wilson's playing, maybe a little harder. But I still think win. Mm-hmm. So three and one. I think at, I, yeah, I think I prefer Wilson. <laughs> but, no, um, I, I yeah, I, I Garrett Wilson basically said today. Um, you know, uh, accidentally said uh, that he's more impressed with the passes he gets from Flacco than with Wilson. He said, like, Flacco can make it harder to, or, like, easier to catch depending on the situation. Seems like a basic quarterback thing. Uh, he didn't say, like, unlike other people, but unless it was a shot at C.J. Stroud, it was probably a str- shot at Zach Wilson. Um, three and one at Buffalo. Oh. Box, box. Uh, then they host the Bucks. Oh. Loss. Okay, three and three. You go to Miami. That's a Sunday night game, which is a little surprising. Pittsburgh against Miami, but I guess Miami's a little bit more of a national team this year with Tyreek. Yeah, um, I, I give us a win, Miami. You I agree? feel pretty confident on, on that one too. Win. Okay. Um, and then uh, at Philadelphia for the bye. Uh, I would probably say. I'd probably say L only because we are always so bad when we play in Philly. And I think Philly's going to have a pretty underrated team this year. So I might say L mm-hmm. you disagree. That's, that's the hardest one for me so far. Um, I, I kind of like our defensive matchup against Jalen. Uh, you know, I, I love the idea of TJ putting pressure on him and heating him up. So I, I, I would, I'm going to make it a tie on this one and say, we're going to win that one. All right. So Sean makes, makes it that I have to make a decision. I'm going to say, like you guys would be like three point underdogs in this game if it happened today. I'm gonna to say loss. So four and four going to the bye. Um the you come back, you host the Saints. I think win. Yeah, I think that one's a loss. <laughs> um I think oh, Jameis wow. is uh a lot better than and people think and, wow um, yeah their defense. Wow. Well yeah, so I'm gonna give a loss. All right, but I'll I'll give them a win uh to break the tie. So it's five and four. Uh I another Jameis sub- against our defense is is at home so too. Afraid I think, of Jameis we, I think we win four. No, no, no. I, I think our defense kills Jameis. I, yeah. I think win. Um, so a uh, Sunday night game against the Bengals that's at home. That might be an L. I, I think the Bengals are, are gonna stay pretty good this year. Yeah, I agree with that. Lost. So that so that's five and five. Another primetime game. This one Monday night football, eight days later in Indianapolis. Win. Yep. Win. Okay, six and five. You go to Atlanta. Win, win, seven five. The first time all season. Yeah, you don't face the the Ravens until December eleventh. That's pretty late. Home against uh, the Ravens. Win. We swept them the last two years, and Lamar mm-hmm. always struggles against us. So I think I think that's a win. Yeah, I agree too. Okay, eight and five at Carolina. Get to see your old friend Baker Mayfield, possibly. Old friend, I think we kill Baker. I think that's a win. Yeah, same. Well, Carolina's kind of underrated this year too, but I think I think they're like maybe a sneaky playoff team. But I think I think we take the win. All right, so it's nine and five, and then uh, Vegas at home. That's uh Christmas, the Christmas Eve game, eight o'clock. That's I a, think I think for maybe the Jews out that. there like myself, a, a big favor, just <laughs> like I got nothing going on Christmas Eve. All right, we got Steelers and Raiders, amazing. Even if both teams are three and twelve, I don't care. I'm happy. 
yeah. or something on. Yeah, I believe that's the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception too. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know that's going to be a fun one. But yeah, I, when I they think used they're... to play, uh, when they used to play playoff games in December, not the third to last game of the regular season. Right. I think that one's a loss. Uh, I think the Raiders are going to be pretty decent this year. I think loss too. That would make that would make them fall to nine and six. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so. And then at Baltimore, you're not going to sweep the Ravens, are you? Oh, we're sweeping the Ravens. I oh, think we my. sweep them until they give us any. Until Lamar gives us anything against this defense, like mm-hmm. it's been, it hasn't even been average against us. It's just every game we beat them up, and I have a sweeping them again. I don't care how how healthy they are. I, I we're sweeping them. So now you're ten and six. You're hosting Cleveland. Are you in? Like, are you winning the division? Give me the give me the Browns result first, and then we'll talk about the other three teams briefly. Yeah, depending on that Deshaun Watson suspension, obviously. So he's probably that's... back. I mean, I don't want to say probably, but if he, you know, it's week 18, so he may be back. Who yeah. Knows? If, if he gets like that, that six games or whatever he gets. If we he, got six say... games, you know, yeah. there's a thought that maybe they'll only ask for 12. Obviously, some people think that it'll be the whole season. It's in theory, he could make do some appeal to federal court. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.